This podcast is brought to you by Google for Games. It takes more than a collection of tools to help you bring your gaming vision to life. With cross-platform solutions that give you access to billions of potential players around the world, Google is your partner to create great games, connect with players, and scale your business. Visit g.co slash Google for Games or go to the link in the podcast description below. And if you ask me, Google for Games is the destination to learn more about game solutions and latest research and insights from Google's gaming teams to help you achieve your goals. If you're not driving or working out while listening to this podcast, I really suggest you fire up that browser and check out Google for Games. It's easy to make good choices when you have good insights, right? Well, AppSlyer's open platform provides the measurement, analytics, engagement, and fraud protection technologies you need to get the answers to all of your questions and make good choices for your business and customers. Is customer privacy important for you? Good. With AppSlyer, you can accurately measure your marketing while protecting customer privacy. Bringing in new customers is great. Getting accurate insights while protecting your customers' privacy is even better. AppSlyer's privacy-preserving measurement and cost aggregation technologies give you insights you can count on across channels, platforms, and devices. And here's something we all agree on. When it comes to the marketing, you should only pay for what works. AppSlyer's incremental lift testing makes it easy to make good choices for your marketing budget through accurate, unbiased insights into the true value of your marketing outcomes. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appslyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. Really at Jam City, we want to treat the players first and foremost. We really care about their experiences. That comes down to ad quality and what type of ads they're seeing. So we want to make sure that the performance is there. A waterfall management does take a lot of time. The big drawback is the back and forth with networks, obviously the uh, analysis behind it, and not always is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak. That was Kyle. Kyle is the Senior Director of Ad Monetization from Jam City, and he uses IronSource's platform to automate his monetization and grow game revenue. That is time that is really maximized and could theoretically be a 50 to 100% to 2x increase in overall ad revenue. Theoretically, Level Play just automates a lot of that. That is a huge time sink for a lot of our teams. Want to grow like Jam City? Get the SDK on ironslc.com. That's ironslc.com. Welcome everybody to Twig 165. I really truly believe that we should have like a Patreon account that allows people to hear the 15 minutes before we start recording because all oh, the, man, all no the, way. like nope. again, like, don't, <laughs> we don't no way. like, like yeah. everything <laughs> you could imagine, <laughs> all the secrets have been shared. So when you read any kind of press releases in the next three months, we already discussed this in the, uh, yeah. in the, Dude, in the warm up in the warm up for Twitch. Salary then. <laughs> Minimum Patreon yeah, the, the, would have to be salary. Yeah, then. exactly. The, the Patreon wouldn't cover our legal fees, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyways, lot, lots of stuff. Brace for impact. Many, many, many folks and many companies. But we're not going to talk about it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna edge you a little bit towards that. And uh, by the way, this episode we're gonna only talk about like fo- focus on the, the Zynga stuff since the feedback was very positive on us just rambling. So 
We're going to focus only on the Zynga stuff. <laughs> we're going to cover a little bit of an updates. We're going to do a little bit around that. So please keep the feedback coming. And we are listening to some of them if it, if we feel like it. But, uh, but you know, this is a self-serving podcast. So... Let's just start off with like, how was your Adam? How was your week? So we just we have to turn up we have to turn up the rambling. Yeah. Turn up the comedy and turn less of like, less, <laughs> less news, articles. news articles. This is not an informative podcast. Yeah. Do not assume this is going to be oh, informative. Oh, regard, regard, yeah, regarding okay. like, oh, I wanted to self promote something. So uh, the uh, the DOF event in Istanbul. It's being planned. Uh, like uh, we are working to get. I'm not going to announce the partner who we're working with. It's a big one. Uh, the event is going to be really really cool. Uh, Eric Sufert has been confirmed. His his manager hasn't confirmed it, aka his wife. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll so see. so. Uh, but but he's confirmed. He's coming in now. We're trying to get Cress into Istanbul, and Eric Sufert's one <laughs> one request was that he wants to go to see the Salt Bay. <laughs> like he wants see the what? he wants the guy to sprinkle salt on his steak, and he will come in. Like that salt was Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Oh, uh, and now we just got a salt bay crest. And now we just have to figure out a crest doesn't he doesn't have Instagram. So, <laughs> 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 so now we just have to figure out what is the thing that will get crest out of the burning California into the beautiful intersection of Europe and Asia, known as Istanbul. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, the 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 approvals on the wife side might be a little bit challenging, mm-hmm. but I, I'm I'm committed to going as long as it yeah. doesn't coincide with any other b- bullshit I have to do. So, <laughs> what what is what is the date? Do we have a date uh, yet? We are. So we moved it. We were supposed to kind of like target end of February, early March, but we're gonna move it more towards closer towards the April, so that it, it there's a there's a break between GDC, um, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be like there's gonna be one big event and there's gonna be one small event. Uh, small event is invite only. Big event is is like you like games. You want to meet Eric Kress. You want to meet Eric Sufert. <laughs> Come on in. And there's going to be a lot of other speakers. So there's a lot of people coming in from Finland as well uh, to to bring the uh, bring the gospel of how you can grow together by just sharing. So <laughs> is this like a circus or something? It's uh, it's, Jesus it's Christ. Everyone from around the world come meet the angriest man in all of them. Eric Crest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this if this is some kumbaya event, dude, I'm it's not coming, not, dude. I'm not, not singing. I'm not. If, I, I'm not singing around a campfire. If you're bullshit, there, right? it's for sure not kumbaya. So, 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 so right. uh, anyways, um, I'm in. Okay, I'm in. Eric Crest is in. Eric Suford is in. I'll talk to Pavy. We'll, we'll get it handled. Uh, <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and um, Adam, how was your how was your last week? Good. I wasn't in Istanbul. No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that, I've, I've got baby mm. two coming up. So really, it's it's imminent. No. Like it could be next week that I'm off. Week after. Um, and then yeah, your, life yeah. your life is over. Your life is over. With two kids, man, it's over. I already dude. told him. You got you got a you got you got four or five years of uh, purgatory. <laughs> yep. Can't wait. It doesn't sound all that different from the purgatory known as lockdown, yeah. but whatever, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Suford? I'm good. I've been, um, you know, got out of COVID jail. Just getting back into the swing of things. Um, tried to. I, I'm I'm jealous of Eric's man cave, and so <laughs> I've been trying to buy an office. And the real estate market in Austin is just so out of control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I had two offers turned down last week. The second offer 
was for twenty percent over asking was what wow. I offered, and it got turned. I, I I lost it. Someone else paid Just more for a so, lease for for an no, office no, for, lease. I'm, I'm gonna buy a, a place. Oh, I see, uh, I see, I see. But it was just the so I'm stuck in the house, in my you know kind of unsatisfactory man cave. <laughs> but hopefully one day I'm, I'm hopefully I'm hopefully one day I'm broadcasting. I so I so when I moved to Europe, it was like like a year after I graduated college, right? And so like I packed up all my my college apartment or my my sort of post college apartment, which was just furnished with like shit from like Goodwill, mm-hmm. plus like all the like random tchotchkes I'd accumulated over over college. And when I left Europe, I just put all that stuff in my mom's attic. And uh, and so when I got back from Europe, like two years ago, like that had been sitting in storage for ten years. So I have all that stuff in just like storage here. And so like when I have my own office space it's gonna be like going back in time 12 years or whatever just i've got evil dead i've got an evil dead framed oh movie God. poster i've got a big lebowski oh framed God. movie poster oh my I've lord got all, you know what you know what's gonna happen I've got comic bo- comic books that are framed he, he, he's gonna have his son his son is the only one who gets to visit it and he'll be like hey son look at this and he's gonna he's gonna show it like the, yeah, all oh the man. artifacts oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should leave the past in the no, past, dude. Yeah, when when no, one day no, I will leave all back, this so. to you. <laughs> all this will be yours one day. I got a. I bought a PlayStation Five and it's just sitting in the box because I thought I was gonna get one of these places and be moving yeah. in this week. Yeah. But fucking Rogan and Musk, you know. dude. By the way, like, you know, I've been throwing shade a lot on 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 Sony and and the content that's coming. There are some freaking amazing games coming up, I and mean, I I didn't even forgot about Elder Ring. I didn't even think about that one. Come that on, one's like man. almost. That's my yeah. shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Elden Ring and then Horizon all are kind of imminent. Um, so there's gonna be a lot to play coming up. And I I was actually listening to some Elden Ring coverage and and on the beta or whatever it was called. And but, but the do network you play thing. from software stuff. No, but this one's more open world. It's more like uh, Elder Elder Scrolls than it is uh, like the, the the super hardcore from software shit where you die and and everything. I'm pretty everything. sure you're gonna die a lot, so I'm looking forward to watching you play. <laughs> Make sure you go on Twitch. Well, I want to watch. I also <laughs> I also am strategically gonna buy it on PC where I can do hacks. Oh, <laughs> right? if, if, if things get too hard, I'm cheating, dude. I'm cheating. Yeah, that's that's the way I that's the way I roll, dude. Because yeah. I, I cannot fail and start all over again that 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 is not in my dna okay, we're gonna have so. to do an over under for what percentage of the story you actually get because <laughs> i don't think you're gonna get through shit <laughs> i can you're we probably just, right can can we immortalize that quote from crest if things get too hard i'm cheating <laughs> <laughs> that's such a no. great quote no, that should be on a, on a t-shirt <laughs> all right so we are going to cover in depth, this whole Zynga yeah. thing. Um, but uh, let's do a few quick updates. Which, why is it that you guys, when you say quick mm-hmm. updates, it's supposed to be quick <laughs> updates, and then I see these notes, and I'm like, we could be here an hour talking about the Platika uh, thing. So let's brevity. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Let's do I, it. I only have one this this time around. So Team Seventeen acquires What the Golf publisher, the label, for up to forty million dollars. Now, UK UK Games Outfit Team Seventeen has acquired the San Francisco-based indie mobile games publisher for initial 24, and then there's going to be a further payment for up to 60 mil uh, based uh, across next three years, based on performance target. Um, 
the label is a partner of both Apple and Google for their respective games subscription service, a.k.a. Cress's <laughs> favorite Apple Arcade subscriber since day one, uh, and Google Play Pass, a fantastic service that I have never tried, uh, as well as Netflix. Now, label, if, if folks are, don't know, it came out of actually the, uh, the famous or infamous Fun Plus San Francisco studio. Uh, and I want to just congratulate my buddies, Josh Babbage, as oh. well as Mike Oye, for this very cool exit. I've, I've met Mike, Mike Oye. Mike Oye is a beast. And if you, I, when I was consulting for Fun Plus yeah. briefly. By the way, just for the, the, for the uh, Twig Bingo, this is freaking Mike Nuts. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about it. Because so they're my buddies. They're my buddies. Me and Josh I, 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 did I China that. together. I got a bunch of photos that I'm not going to release. Uh, we had a lot, of, <laughs> lot of fun times traveling to Beijing, and I'm very uh, happy for him. Next, next, <laughs> next. Um, quick update: so Apple is now um, allowing third-party payment on options for iOS for South Korean users. Um, note, like it still hasn't actually been. Um, it's not rolled out yet, but currently Apple says it will introduce third-party payment options, and that it will be taking a rake of each one of these payments, similar to Google. Um, so I think this is just confirming Sufert's prediction from late last year uh, that Apple will be asking for that percentage, uh, regardless of which payment processor you use. Hmm. Let's go to yeah, Pratika. It's, it's yeah, it's it's well, just 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 to just to double click on that. It's uh, it's it's pretty pretty significant, right? So like so that was so. There's a couple things here. One is that you know this was South Korean legislation, and just just to as a reminder. The, the bill was called like the anti-Google bill, like in Korean, that's how it translated it out. But so it was, this was specifically targeted at Google, um, you know, which makes sense. South Korea, big Android user base, right? Samsung. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of specifically designed uh, to, to impact Google. But but it, you know, it was sort of broadly written such that, you know, it, it a Apple um, was uh, obligated to uh, to comply too. So so this is kind of I think what Apple is expecting to happen right you've got like this sort of country by country policy change and i feel like given that you know this is harder it's harder for a developer that operates worldwide to deal with this on a country by country basis than it is for apple right so if you're a games developer you say okay well this is great now in south korea i can offer alternative payments you're gonna have to set that up specifically for south korea that's a huge pain are you gonna do that Right? Are we going to go to that effort to, to, to support like multiple payments processors in South, in just in South Korea, and then just you know, and, and as as more and more countries sort of adopt this posturing, like that's 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 a lot. It's a big burden to, to, to place on developers. And I think that's that's Apple's strategy here. It's like let this happen country by country until it hits the, until it, it it happens in the U.S. It's or or like you know potentially happens like EU wide. There's not going to be a ton of compliance here, or there's not going to be a ton of opt, opting into this because it's just it's too much. Uh, it's too much of sort of like an operational burden, right? So I think Apple is fine to just wait it out, right? And I feel like they have, there is a, there's a spreadsheet on someone's computer at Apple that just says, okay, if, until we hit some critical mass of countries, like this is how much money we save by not deploying this worldwide, right? Um, and so I think that that's kind of like, and, and we'll see what happens with the injunction. Um, again, it got delayed. Who knows what will happen there uh, ultimately. But like, I think Apple can just, they can tolerate this happening on a country by country basis because unless you only operate in that country, it's probably too much operational effort to implement multiple payment systems. The other thing but, is that Apple did say yes, okay, fine, we'll do all, we'll do alternative payment systems. We're still going to charge you on those IEP payments. It won't be as much as thirty percent, but we're still going to charge you. Now the question is, what is that, right? Um, is it because I think Google said it was going to be eleven percent, 
Well, that's still kind of a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And and but it's you know obviously much less than thirty. So so I think we have uh, to come. What? All right. The only pushback I would give you on this is that when you talk about games in in South Korea, for instance, like they're so heavily concentrated in South Korea, like some of the games that do really well in South Korea, like sure. Lineage Two or back in the day, I don't even know what's big in South Korea now, that. It would make sense for them just to basically turn this thing on for South Korea, right? And similarly, if you look at like Social Casino or even 4X to some degree, like what tier one English countries make up like what, 70, 80% of some of the revenues from some of these games. So if, if, if UK, US and Canada and Australia were all to do this, then it would make sense for everyone to do it. It wouldn't be so cumbersome, right? Well, and it would, the, and it, would right. hurt, it would hurt Apple. But that's my right. point. I mean, until you get a U.S. coming in, I mean, I think even in like even if the U, even if the U.K. forced this, I don't know that me as an app developer, am I going to support multiple payment systems just for the U.K., which is probably ten percent of revenue. Right, right. That right. seems like South Korea. Yeah, sure. Like Lineage Two, NCSoft, absolutely they will. I'm sure they have. You know, fifty percent, sixty percent of the revenue comes from Korea, probably. But right. uh, you know, I'm talking about like a, a global <laughs> publisher based in the U. You know, anywhere else. They're probably not going to go to the effort, right? So it just—it's just like I, I think Apple looks at this as like whatever. This is going to be a pretty minimal uh, friction on our on our on our business here. Um, but yeah, but Apple is still saying, look, we're going to take a cut. So I think I don't think we're even if we get to the point where there's like web-based payments, I don't know that we're ever going to get around paying Apple something, and which which changes the dynamics of this relative to what I think a lot of people thought was going to be like. Hey, it'll no, be part no, no. of launch. We'll do whatever we want. Well, this is exactly what we said before, though. Apple's going to get its pound of flesh. I remember saying that many times. Like they're not going to get zero. Yeah, right? they're going to. Well, yeah. So, but but still, fifteen percent. If it's like ten percent plus five percent transaction fee stuff is or eleven whatever it is is better than thirty. Sure. Right? No, I know. I'm just saying this. This is this is a proof point, right? That yeah. Apple's going to take its cut. Yeah, I think this is exactly what the model I w- w- we we on the podcast were imagining. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right. Uh, Playtika. Playtika. What about Playtika? Like, like, honestly, Chris, I was just trying to add some news. So we're kind of like edging the, uh, the the listeners to the meat because there was a lot of like, oh, my, we want to hear about Zynga. So so let's let's talk Playtika before we talk about Zynga. So there was this interview with Robert uh, Antical, who is the CEO of Playtika. And it was quoted as, why player retention matters now. And this is a VentureBeat interview, and there's a transcript, so you can go in and check that, that one out. There's a link in the description of the podcast. But anyway, um, Robert, the CEO of Playtika, believes that we're in the middle of revolution. Now, Antico believes that mobile games and other types of games can benefit from strategies around retention or keeping existing players happy. And by keeping your existing players happy, it's better than spending a lot of money on acquiring new players. With Apple's <laughs> recent privacy changes, it's hard to track users, so user acquisition spending isn't as efficient. And so the time of retention has come to the forefront. Platika invested heavily in AI technology that can help it understand user behavior better and what details lead to better retention. Platika never grew its business through user acquisition activities. Platika always grew the business by retaining players by making players happy what? and staying oh with our God. games for so, 10 years. Dude. That's was okay. always First a, of all, wait, I knew that this is going to trigger right, you. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. Look, I actually I am going to give it to this Robert Antical who I've never met and I and I've heard nothing but good things about this management team because this is a brilliant brilliant PR fluff bullshit. 
right? Like they are just playing their book so bad, trying to communicate to investors that they're okay. Don't worry about it. We don't need to acquire new users. We don't need new games. We got this, you know, we are, it's all about retention and improving margin, right? Like, cause that's the only story they can tell because they know they probably don't have any games in the pipeline. And then you, UA activity is getting harder and harder, right? But these guys are excellent at managing expectations, but their stock has gotten absolutely annihilated. And the future of the game of the of the company is in question. But now with this acquisition of Zynga, they are getting poised as a potential acquisition target. The fundamental problem with this company is it's all social mm -hmm. casino, and there are companies like EA, for instance, that aren't really that all that interested in having social casino because it's a freaking kind of a dirty business to some degree. So anyway, yeah. moving now, continue. Well, well, that was the well, color commentator. Let me do a little play by play, and then let's move to <laughs> to Super. So I kind of looked at Playtica during the last year, and uh, they had actually a massive push for install across nearly all, all portfolio in June, where they nearly doubled yeah. their installs. They usually hover around ten to eleven million because even though there are big games they're you know mainly social casinos the uh the user you know they're, they're not high dau games uh so they pushed nearly to 20 million so doubled the amount of installs then the installs steadily have been declining since september very very steadily so um and and there's no stop uh, you know anyways uh the revenue for the for the uh, for Playtica has been consistently between 105 to 111 in net revenue this is sensor tower data uh, and then what was interesting when I was looking at the ramp up of this install, so this massive push in June, the, it didn't translate in revenue growth in any way, which is like, like non-factor. So what's this interview about? Well, as Eric, as, as Chris said, a year ago, the stock was 32 bucks. Now it's 19 bucks. And if you look at, especially from November to December, the stock went from 30 to 16. So we're talking about nearly having halving the stock price and of course robert is in a sense oh, in a tough spot it feels like the, his team overlooked idfa uh, and now they're doubling down why they did they're talking about well uia is really not that important uh they're talking about how great of an operators they are which Chris mentioned um they are saying that their core competence is player happiness which is kind of funny for casino games where majority of the revenue is coming from i'm sure these players are very happy i'm sure they have amazing vip programs we're still talking about casino where you don't win real money but where you lose real money um and then they're saying that launching new games is not vital and we know from platica that they have acquired a lot of a lot of companies and they have at least not publicly said that they're not great at launching new games, but they are great at operating games. Um, they acquired Redecor, uh, and then of course Wuga has the one that that's that launched the last game that they have seen in their portfolio, which was called which is Switchcraft. But um, I think Chris, as you mentioned, it's it's Zynga being acquired, and Playtica is um, is is kind of in a, in a spot where they have to communicate a new growth strategy. Um, I yeah, well, yeah. but this is not a growth strategy, right? Like so. So the thing is, they've only really the stock's only really been in decline since November, since November, since Q3 yeah. earnings, right? That was it. And so that it was IDFA, 100, percent and they did it. They did 100. No, no, but but because it was only it was only 10 percent off the list price mm -hmm. in November, right? When it, yes. it then there was a one day there was a one day correction. Same with Zynga, right? There's a lot of parallels here, I think. Um, so. Uh, just, just a couple of things to point out. A, they've been doing an, an amazing job aggregating up DAU 
that's non-social casino. Right? They bought Wuga, they bought Seriously, they've, 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 they've been doing a lot of acquisitions. They've got like a really, really impressive executive team, right? And I've never met Robert, but I've only ever heard great things about him. Um, it, but yeah, this is kind of a puff piece, right? Like the thing is, a bit, Playtika, it was like the UA Academy in Israel. Everyone that works in UA went through Playtika at one point because it was just, they had the biggest, most monstrous UA team. It was kind of like everyone in Finland worked for Digital Chocolate, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone that works in UA worked at Playtika at one point. They have a gigantic UA team. Now, that doesn't mean that they were primarily focused on new user acquisition. I think in the last couple of years they weren't. They were mostly focused on retargeting and retention mm-hmm. uh, marketing. Cross promotion. That got impacted just the same as as new user acquisition with IDFA. They can't do retargeting anymore in the same way that they did. I mean, I know I've met people from the retargeting team. They had a gigantic retargeting team. So I think like this is a little bit of a of a. I don't want to say it's a it's a uh, it's kind of a red herring, right? Like yeah, they sh- they 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 have always been focused on retention, but they've been focused on retention through IDFA-based retargeting, right? Which you just can't do anymore. <laughs> so I think like, that, of course you should try to retain the people that you acquire and they have been really good at cross promotion historically and they should focus on that. Um, but the idea that they historically haven't, uh, uh, you know, allocated a lot of resources to UA or allocate a lot of resources uh, to, to, to basically performance marketing, that's just, I mean, we know that's, we know that's not the case. Yeah, okay. So. I guess what what triggers me about this the most is that it's just such the bold-faced lie, <laughs> right, that they're putting out there in the PR s- sphere, right? For obvious reasons, and I'm not arguing that it strategically makes sense, but their biggest strength was UA, and they're saying UA is not important. You know, their biggest strength was like building these games, and now they're saying building new games is not important. But it's all about positioning, and 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 when we get to, well, I guess we are here already, but like it's positioning, and if I were to be Honest, I think that Playtika is probably the the next company that could get acquired. Like if I were to make a prediction for this year, like they're going to get acquired, right? Because there's nowhere for them to go, right? In in this new world order, right? That I can see anyway. Um, so yeah, anyway. it was funny right, how the, uh, the interview kind of ended because you know the message that you get you get from this interview was you know keep calm and carry on. Like everything is hunky dory. Whatever we were doing is is exactly <laughs> what we should be doing. And, and also the last part is like, what do you think about NFTs? It's like, what? <laughs> like, like, what? Yeah. Oh, really? I feel like that's just getting added to every interview. Yeah, but, but it's just like, yeah, it's so weird. No, but always have to ask. They're like scripted interviews. You yeah, know? Like but it, it, it's, it's such a weird to way to end an interview like this when you're talking about a, a strictly mobile company. <laughs> it's like, what do you think about NFTs? Yeah. But it's I, just the Verge. It's just the Verge's uh, uh, Yeah, no. Those guys. It was Venture B. It was Venture B. Venture it's like, it's, it's oh, just boring B, of a yeah. question. It's like, you know, what kind of vaccine did you get? It's like, you know, the mandatory. <laughs> now, also, like, finally, in, in, in defense of this, I was talking about CD Projekt recently. <laughs> oh, we did this podcast with... Uh, um, oh, Joseph, the, uh, the, the drinking uh, pot. The dr- drunken yeah. awards. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> that was actually really fun. Way too many people, but really fun. But, um, so, uh, so in their defense, like this is great PR. Like you need to do this PR to sell the story, to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Unlike CD Projekt, which did the exact opposite because they basically pumped this thing up so fucking high with the investors and all these communities. We, we've talked about this in the podcast before. That's an example of failing miserably at PR and managing expectations. This is basically telling the Wall Street that now what we're focused on is 
you know, retention and managing our user base and whatever. Don't worry about new products, you know, like, you know, like this, it's, it's, it's massaging the story. And I, and I think it's, it's very, very smart and very sophisticated, but it's not really that true. You know, it's, it's just, you know, anyway, well, it's, it's manipulative. Not, not right. only is it not true, but investors aren't buying it, right? Zynga's been trying to do this. That's, I think now we're in Zynga because in Zynga couldn't do it. Like, yeah. right? Like, I mean, they've no, been trying. I, they did every. They threw everything at this. They threw a VP of crypto at this, and they couldn't make the stock because no one buys it. No one buys a story. It's not credible, and that's what that's right. what we talked about in the last in the last episode. Like they don't have a story to sell public markets, right? They can't exactly because it's not it's not a quick. There's no there's no quick fix here. You have to re-architect your business, mm-hmm. it's, and so you might as well just sell, right? I wonder what yeah, happened to VP of, get, of let, crypto. Let's get into it's it. It's like, did he cash out? Because that would be the most amazing <laughs> thing. Like, all you had to do is just listen a little bit of shite from, from Eric Kress on a podcast <laughs> and cash out. Don't even tweet anything. Just ride to the sunset. Like, a really short ride. <laughs> no, I, I can't wait for the king of crypto to now be head of take two and oh Zika my god and have all of that ip <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that's a, that's a well lot i mean but 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 strauss has been out there kind of being very pragmatic about yeah. crypto and doesn't even strauss really is believe anti. in he's like, a, he's technology a hater, right? he's, a, he's anti-crypto oh. I don't know if he's a hater per se. He says that. I mean, he basically says what a lot of people say is that there's other ways of yeah. doing this that are far better. Uh, also, I respect Strauss. <laughs> so. He looks jacked, like for for a sixty oh my god sixty year old. You want to talk about the, talking about the BMI, BMI like, winner, this guy dude? Pushes BMIs to every that other guy, executive's throat. Like he's he's killing the dude. BMI game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but he's I, I read it. <laughs> I read an interview with him like in Men's Health, like years ago, and he was yeah. just talking about how like his insane workout routine. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like an hour no, and a half but every the guy, day. Okay, good. Yeah, but the guy the guy is a little bit of a lunatic about it. Evidently, he like invites people to his gym to have um, meetings. Amazing. So yeah, like, right. I can I work, work out with this together. Guy. Like I literally record this from a gym <laughs> that I've built. Strauss, I feel like we have a connection. I can get my body fat but, but below he, ten too. Let's go. <laughs> he's, he's inspirational, dude. He's like in his sixties, dude. He's fucking I love shredded. It. I, I right. idolize this man. He's so, my now my my idol executive. <laughs> Uh, Eric, so Eric's going to have I, a vein and explode in his head if we don't jump to Zynga soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, folks, let's take a little break from the conversation. Talk about your post-IDFA cross-platform strategy. More specifically, how you're going to monetize that sweet console and PC audience of yours. Well, here's where Player One comes to the picture, providing a huge revenue opportunity for developers and publishers. In fact, it's the only engagement and monetization platform designed to reward free-to-play console and PC gamers. Now I know what you're thinking. Players don't want to watch ads on console and PC. Well, that's actually not true. According to extensive surveys with players who are playing the most popular AAA free-to-play games, Player One found an overwhelming desire, 77% to be accurate, by gamers to have an option to earn free in-game content in exchange for watching 15 to 30 second advertisements. Now, the second thing you're thinking about is that you don't want to show other games to your console and PC players. Well, Player One got you covered once again. Firstly, the platform lets gamers decide if they want to watch TV quality brand sponsored videos inside their favorite titles in exchange for cool in-game items and awesome content. Secondly, as I said, Player One's inventory is purely of TV quality 
brand sponsored videos. So you won't have to worry about churn or build segmentation profiles. Plus, given the fact that the majority of free-to-play players on PC and console never actually spend any money in the live service area of those games, Player One is providing a way for developers and publishers alike to help their loyal players to get access to all the additional content that's being created while maintaining their games economies. Player One is fully optional for players and completely respectful of game flow. And for developers, Player One has been proven to drive retention, lifetime value, and additional revenue, all while maintaining monthly active users and reducing churn. Everybody wins with Player One. Gamers unlock immediate rewards, developers enhance the playing experience and generate passive revenue, and brands connect meaningfully with the most passionate audience in media. Visit playerwon.com to see how it works in practice or Get, go to the link in this podcast description below. Now, back to the episode. Sorry for interrupting this podcast, but I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new, untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. After recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched WebShop for mobile games. This timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the App Store and unite your player community across all devices. Plus, it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention. If you're ready to increase revenue, save on fees, and then regain control over distribution, Exola Web Shop for mobile games can help you succeed. Visit exola.pro slash DOF or go to the link in this podcast description. Now, back to the episode. All right. So I, I know we want to have a dialogue and I don't want to go on this long like rant. So maybe... You know, interrupt me, please. Make stop me. All right. But first of all, I want to say for the record that this was my prediction for 2022 was that Zingo was going to get acquired. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, I had it this. It's not I a had prediction. This. Everyone <laughs> thought if we had it a week before. Everyone thought that. Everyone. I, I just saw one of my fintech guys that I follow back in October had said, "What's the bear case for Take Two except for the premium that they're going to spend acquiring Zynga?" And this was in Octo- October. I think everyone. Oh, saw really? This is like really? this was not yeah. a surprise. At the very least, everyone saw yeah. Zynga being acquired. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. There, there was really nothing they could do right going forward that I, I saw anyway. Um, all right. So the problem with this is that there is a really lack of buyers right right now in this time. Right, for this something this big, twelve billion dollars is an insane amount of money. Just, just saying. Okay, um, Activision, EA, Amazon, maybe Sony. Right, and what I think we've said in the podcast before, Take Two makes sense strategically, but it was way too big for Take Two. Um, so clearly, I got that wrong. <laughs> right, but of course, when we talk about it, it's going to be clear that it is way too big for Take Two. But that's that's a whole other thing. Let's get there. Um, uh, and then second. By the way, this is the best possible outcome for Zynga, right? Like there, there's just, I don't see anything in the next two or three years that's going to get their stock price from $6 to $10, right? I just don't see how they could do this. And this is a very, very similar acquisition from King and Glue. Not in the mechanics or the valuation per se, but in terms of where they are in their, in their, in their life cycle, right? 
they they didn't have any growth prospects and the only thing that makes sense is for them to really just sell out to a bigger organization that needs this business right so it makes sense um now I, I was I was hanging out with Nicholas last last yesterday at lunch and and I and I and I realize now that I'm uh, throwing shade at all these executives like I have any reason to be talking smack about executives right I could never do what these fuckers do okay Frank Chabot and his team Bernard all these guys Bromberg anybody that I've thrown shade at in the his past look I totally appreciate I do it with the utmost humility right I couldn't do what these guys do. Because at the end of the day, they took an absolute turd. This game, this company was falling fuck apart, right? And he turned it into a golden egg, dude. He's polished this thing up and made it work, right? And so it's it's fucking genius. He took it was a stock. It was at two fifty when he took over, and it's now he's selling it at ten dollars. Five years later, that's creating seven billion dollars of shareholder value and making tons of my friends rich, and employing tons of people, making everyone small giant. All these guys rich, right? So. And they did this through hiring an amazing team of executives that can pull this shit off. And they did do shit that I personally could never do. I just want to say this, right? Chris Petrovic, the whole EA mafia that they acquired. You know, Bromberg, like I said already, right? Um, and they executed against these amazing transactions, convinced these teams to come on board, which is a, is a tall feat in to begin with. So, so anyway, I, with the utmost humility, I will now criticize this deal <laughs> are you saying yes, but are you saying humbility that's not a word dude <laughs> i make this stuff up as i go it's okay half of our do you not get it do I, do I need to explain what it means our listeners this are not like, english but that's like, what do you, you can't say right. that. like well no it's not a real word but you get what it means like you can't <laughs> if you make it if, it if you understand it in context it works humbility that's, i've used this word hu- all the time so hum- you understood humility. what it meant clearly hu- so humility humility humility, humility. I get. I know what it. I know what the right word is. I don't use the right word. All right. All right. Moving on. Okay. Um, so basically, why did, why sell now, right? And I guess that's the question that that we, you know, you have to ask is that, you know, at the end of the day, they just do not see in the short term, medium term, a path to get back to ten dollars a share, right? So it makes sense to sell to an acquirer, right? Um, but uh, and so again, this is the best you know possible outcome for Zynga at this time, because uh, rather than seeing the stock continue to deteriorate with with lack of growth and 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 challenges this these headwinds of IDFA and all these things that they're clearly not prepared for, it might make sense to sell it to to uh, strategic. Um, and so the other the other kind of like thing I wanted to see, these deals this deal probably happened pretty quickly. I think people have said in the press, right? Totally true, but. In, in this world, like they're sniffing each other's butts all the time, right? These big, me- these big whales and these little minnows are talking to each other, like ex parte, whatever, and doing like, hey, what does the combination look like? But they don't talk about price or anything like that because that would be a material like thing that they have to disclose, right? So they likely have been talking about this type of combination for years, right? Because it does make sense on paper, right? Investment bankers can do all this bullshit, right? And what my guess here is that they lost the glue deal. Take two lost the glue deal, and 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 when they lost the glue deal, they need to figure out something else, right? Glue is much more um, uh, small enough to like really kind of di- you know digest. 
So, but the next make the one that made sense was Zynga because it's a fully operating mobile studio, and it's clear that Strauss had some hard on for mobile, right? Like he wanted to get into mobile in a big way. He did Social Point, he did Nordius, um, and 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 they were trying to build up that org, which is in its infancy. So, so anyway, I guess um, for 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 why why Take Two is doing this now? Um, it's actually relatively simple. Strauss is a is a banker. And he's basically empire building, right? He wants to create an entity that competes against EA and Activision. And without a mobile strategy and the scale of, of you know, three, no, three and extra billion in revenue, now he'll be in the same kind of like conversation as EA and Activision. Before, they've been kind of like a stepchild from a, from a perspective of a stock, although the stock has done quite well. Not, not saying that it hasn't. I'm just saying in terms of size and scale. So it makes a lot of sense. And similarly... To King, and so like the way I, the way I'm, I'm looking at this is like looking at the King acquisition for the, versus this acquisition, and why this this deal is so crazy expensive, right? And I know it's different times and different eras of of mobile, but we didn't see the headwinds that we are seeing now. But King was in a position in which they couldn't grow very dramatically because all they did was puzzle games. They were they were their stock was kind of in the shitter, right? And they were bought for like 10 times earnings, right? 10 times EBIT, right? These guys were bought for 18 times EBIT, right? It's like super more expensive, right? And w which is absolutely crazy. Um, so in, in essence, I, let me just break the pros and cons and then I'll stop talking. So first, the pros, it creates a, you know, a scaled company to compete against EA and Activision. There are potential product synergies bringing Take-Two's franchise to mobile, which I think is horseshit, but we'll get to that. Um, it adds $3 billion of recurring consumer spend, so digital spend to Take-Two's revenue. So one of the problems with Take-Two is it's really up and down all the time. And so now they have like a recurring revenue stream of, of digital that will go down or up. I don't know. Who knows? But I think it's probably going to go down, but we'll see. Um, and it actually makes strategic sense for Take-Two to acquire a, you know, a real mobile company. It's definitely mildly creative in the short term. And I think it's a really good cultural fit, you know, creating a separate entity from mobile and let Frank run it, et cetera, also. And then finally, I think this is more of a speculative thing is that this could be an opportunity for Frank to become CEO, where Strauss becomes a chairman and Frank becomes the operating CEO. Uh, that may or may not happen, but it finally gives Frank what I think he's due is, you know, you know CEO of a, of a publicly traded, like, you know, mega, com mega gaming company. Um, so the cons. So this is where, look, Giving up 40% of your company is insane, right? That's insane on its surface, right? It's way too expensive for, for what it is, right? And, and, it's, and for a business that's questionable about whether they can grow, it just seems very, very uh, unwise. Um, and, and, I, and all the product synergies they talk about is complete bullshit, right? There's just no team at Zynga that can build GTA online, right, for mobile. There's just not one team, I, I, name one. Well, natural motion no, no. You, well no but yeah why not i mean i think it depends on what you think it looks like if it looks like a mobile no. version of the playstation they, game then no, no but. they they have like puzzle social casino uh merge uh uh that, that's it like well, no, what, what other teams but natural are making hd build, na natural motion natural motion no natural motion come on they, they make csr this this star wars game is going to be a disaster like no i mean maybe but that's in like three years even if they start it now right so well, like exactly well, course, how that's good. Of course, but how, you know. No, not happening. <laughs> um, okay. And then I, I still think 
mobile in general is going to be a much more difficult, challenging place to be going forward. And I'm not sure that these guys at, at, at Take Two understand mobile well enough to know that and maybe being sold a bill of goods from Zynga about what, what the prospects are going forward. So uh, the sophistication level at, at Take Two is relatively low because they haven't been doing mobile for very long and they just have done these smaller acquisitions. I mean, I like the Nordius guys, but Social Point, you know, what, I mean, what's become of them? Um, and, I, I, and I think the, the, the bigger thing here is that this is a big risk for talent drain from Zynga as well, right? Where all these people have cashed out, they've gotten their earnouts, and now they're parting this big conglomerate. Now, what's their incentive to stay when they can all go off and do something new? So I think that's an overall risk. So fundamentally, this is just feels like a far more expensive and a lesser version of the King deal. And, you know, this deal buys take two scale, but and a consistent like software revenue line item, but 40% is way too expensive. And the implied $12.7 billion valuation is too much for a business that gross prospects are at risk. So that's my, that's my take. <laughs> Anybody? All right. Um, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I think, I mean, I think you're right about all that. I think you're right about all that. And I, I mean, I do agree that that I don't understand. I do agree that it, it seems weird to buy all of Zynga if you want, if you're buying it for, a, a, if you're buying it as a vehicle to bring Take Two IPs to mobile. That seems silly because you could just buy individual studios for much less collectively and attach each one of those to an IP, right? But I, I do believe that, and, and again, I don't know what, what does GTA look like on mobile? I don't know. It doesn't look like a, a sort of fully 3D kind of open world game, I don't think. It probably looks like a 4X. There are you know, GTA and battle mobile. strategy game. There are, you know, they're you know paid versions, but there are right. Yeah, there are, yeah, paid but, but I, I, don't, I don't think it has to look like you know pixel by pixel GTA on console. Uh, wait, but I, let I, me just ask, let yeah. me ask you a question: How many of IPs of Activision's IPs has King made in the last decade? Yeah, Crash no, I get, I get it, I get it. I, that, well, that was yeah, it. That, that didn't do anything. That's it. No, but that's I, it. I, I, exactly. But exactly. that's it. I, I, I'm, I agree, I, I, but I, so I'll, I'll I'll give my take on what I think the the upside of this is, and I don't I don't think it's bringing their IPs to mobile, just to be clear. But I I do think that like your to your point, Eric. I mean, you're exactly right. My sense is like IDFA wasn't brought up a single time in these discussions. I don't think the Take Two people like they're 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 like they they what the problem with that whole thing was that everyone thought that that's like some minor little detail. I'm a big picture exec. I don't think about these little minor details. Let the marketing nerds figure that out. And they don't realize how fundamental of a change that was to mobile. And that's the issue. And I think that, that was the issue in the Rollick acquisition on Zynga's end. Now, Rollick's continued to grow its revenue, but that's, that, that's going to end at some point. You know, that's, that's just a function of fingerprinting not being policed, right? And, and I think that was part of the problem with the Rollick acquisition. Like, they didn't really understand the impact that this was going to have. So, like, they have there's an asymmetry of information there. And I feel like the take two guys like, oh yeah, there's some little privacy thing, but like on a three to five year timeline, that'll get worked out. This is just like a little bump in the road. Not understanding that was like a fundamental yeah, exactly. transformation of the industry. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, uh, so I took a little bit of a look of, of Zynga's business during the last year. And, and honestly, you know, the revenues have held. Uh, they, they, they're doing about 125 net on mobile, according to Sensor Tower. And looking at key franchises like, you know, there's some 
merge games that of course went down quite significantly due to the uh, insane explosion of the of the merge genre. Um, CSR was kind of going down because it was just doing so well during the first year of COVID, but everything else was 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 doing fine. Like we see that Harry Potter, the new puzzle and spells game, did phenomenally, just massive growth. Um, Golf Rivals, after the acquisition, did really well, and Game of Thrones and all these other slot games have been continuing to do well uh, during you know during the lockdowns and during the, the during the closures of, of casinos as people maybe tried social casino games and kind of stayed with them. Uh, on the download size, you know, download side, they, they had a lot of fluctuation during the last year, went going anywhere between 50 million a month up to 100 million a month, and that's really Rolex that is that is fluctuating with the with the downloads. Like whenever they hit a game, they scale up insanely. Uh, but overall, like if you consider that Zynga's ride under under Frank Jabot, uh, they had this M&A spree led by Petrovic, uh, Graham, Small Giant, Peak, Rolex. The strategy around forever franchises was executed as, as, as you said, perfectly. And then this IDFA troll came along. And then we saw these, this kind of like a strategy being a little bit all over the place. There was a push on IPs. There was a push on cross-platform. There was a push on ad tech with a chart boost acquisition. Uh, cross-platform meaning the, uh, they, they acquired the small company uh, out of San Francisco that did the, uh, the Steam game. And then they kind of pushed the, uh, the Star Wars game with, with Natural Emotion. I think that's a Switch version of that game as well. So, so they kind of looked at, at different directions and, and I think to some extent failed to find immediate traction and that kind of led to the selling. But personally, I think this is, a, from Zynga's perspective, I agree, this is a very smart move. Their management did one turnover already and got compensated extremely well for it. I mean, it's a heroic job and they did phenomenally. And now what they were looking at is doing another transformation of the company. Like, how ready are you to do that? And we, we know that some of the executives, like Matt Bromberg already left, you know, rode down to the, uh, down to Soundset. And like, how many others were, were thinking about doing the same thing rather than kind of starting all over? Um, and in a way, when you look at the story, it kind of gives them a clear exit while also doubling down on the verticals that they were pushing because it's still about the forever franchises. Uh, now they just have more of these franchises. It's still very much cross-platform focused, and it's still very much about IPs. I don't know how well the Content Fortress okay, and the okay. tech will play with Come it. Come on, dude. But, um, Mishka, Mishka, dude, there's no cross-platform, dude. Cross-platform is a fucking bullshit, right? They don't have any cross-platform. Yeah, but you know, they make a, a Switch game that does mobile. That's a that's a Star Wars game, and now they're cross-platform. I, I know it's not. It's not. It's, no. There's there they is have, none. They, sorry, they have they have they have one team maybe that's exactly. capable of doing this, and it's yeah, TBA, exactly, TBD, right? But, but still, and then, like. Like GTA Online is the one game in the portfolio that I think we want to talk about yeah. here, right? GTA Online as a service is nowhere near where Natural Motion has been executing on. And then we start getting like on the the scale of a building GTA Online as you know like a mobile specific product, which is gets into that Crash Bandicoot thing, where you take an IP and then you create a mobile version of it, right? The best you can. I don't think it can, it's nowhere near the billion dollar mark that I've been seeing in the headlines, right? Then on the other side of it, you do the actual port of GTA Online to mobile, right? Which I don't think Natural Motion can really execute on. The scale of that no. is, is, is insane. So right. which path do you walk through? Is there something yeah. in the middle that you could actually execute on but, but, that but, doesn't break what actually makes GTA Online work, but still can work on mobile? No. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Let's take a step back. First of all, Mishka, your analysis is is always 
rosy, right? But the fact is the reason the stock was at $6 from $11 just like six months ago is because they're not growing yeah. new franchises. They're flatlining across the board. They don't have any growth prospects. They have nothing in the pipeline, right? That that's meaningful, that's material. And so your analysis is just forgetting the fact that the stock got destroyed, right? Because of this. And then, okay, so, and then moving on to this like porting thing and, 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 and leveraging the franchises that take two, it's just, they just don't have the capability to do that. So, and that was like the main bullet points from Strauss in, in, the, in, the, in the press release is that they have all these franchises that can be converted to mobile. The only thing that makes sense to me is like Midnight Run or something like that, where they could build a Midnight Run CSR or something, but that doesn't make sense either. Midnight Run? What, how big is that IP now? It's, I know, it's tiny. <laughs> and, and on top of it, why would you want to fucking fuck with your CSR, which is actually still doing reasonably well? You know, like you wouldn't want to like, I mean, that's not a, that's not a big genre. Right, so that doesn't make sense. So none of it makes sense from a, from a from a from a. Um, sorry, it's, it, from, it seems like that during this deal, Take Two is going to give the entire mobile portfolio to Singa to walk to operate independently, and I think that's smart. Well, right? no, but but what I'm hearing is that all of uh, Take Two's mobile divisions are going to roll yes. up through Zynga now. So Social Point, yeah. Nordius. Oh yeah, and yeah. Dot, I think that's good. Two dots. Right? I love, I love that's how good. the Nordius guys like, look, we just acquired Zynga. I'm like, no, you didn't, dude. You just got acquired, motherfucker. Wait, good luck. This, but Nordius, good luck. Like, Nordius, you're, Nordius you're reporting is, to, you're reporting to Frank and, and, and Nordius <laughs> is a great team, and they Nordius are rolled up under Zynga will be yeah. great. And, and right? fun fact, like, I think that was what Zynga once upon a time tried to do. I think they've they've, they've gone after Nordius. By Nordius. Of course, of course, probably, yeah. probably. of course, yeah. I'm sure. Well, right? they, but, no, yeah. but Nordius was for sale for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, it, it was just. I yeah. think but, during Dawn Matrix days, they they really tried to get it. That, that's at least word yeah. on the during Matrix. Really? Um, I I don't think I think it was more recent than that. Yeah, probably. But, but it, but I I mean I agree I agree with the Adam. I, I don't think like I I don't think there's a huge opportunity to bring a lot of these IPs to mobile because. You know what you'd really want to do is you'd you'd be you'd want to unlock like another sort of touch point with the core customer base for Red Dead Redemption or GTA, and I think whatever you build on mobile is going to be um, antithetical to what they like about those games on console. Right? There's two different audiences. They're two different audiences, and they're not. But here's what I think. Uh, I do I do think I don't think cross device per se is a big opportunity here, but I do think building a cross device identity creates a big opportunity because you get these you know who these people are you can kind of move them around the portfolio because mobile it's it's like uh your point crest like mobile is always there right with the console business there's big beats right and yeah, it's, right. it's 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 very lumpy mobile is always there if you can kind of move people around and get them they're always interacting with the take two product because you know whenever the sort of big new release has sort of faded you can always catch them with something on mobile that that's that's really valuable right so not only does it help you to retain that that audience but um you know obviously there's revenue that they can continue to, to generate and then it helps them to cross promote into the next big um console uh release right and, and get them into pre-sales and stuff like that or just, just even sell the game and i so i do think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there now i don't know that that's what they were thinking about because that's kind of like the content fortress sort of like having a really sort of deeply understanding that this this new privacy environment and i don't know that take two is there i don't know that that played into the decision but it does seem like a big opportunity to me or like a potential for upside but i do think but like when, but when you think the, when you think of that scale yeah. like what what percentage of the business upside would that actually be considering that what ip zynga has on mobile versus what ip they have on console like moving people between those two ecosystems 
the the obvious thing is like peak is never like peak cross conversion to Red Dead and GTA Online is going to be minuscule. Maybe CSR, but like what other games in Zynga portfolio can merge with what what they have from Deck Two? Well, it depends on what part of the peak portfolio you're talking about. Are you talking about uh, you know uh, the, the 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 first portfolio that they sold, which was the sort of Middle Eastern focused board games, or are you talking about um, what's it called? Uh, Toy Blast. I, I guess I'm talking about any. Like, it, do you, do you think Solitaire overlap with GTA Online is something interesting? Well, yeah, but we don't know. We don't know what that overlap is, right? I mean, I'm sure that there is a, there is a, a significant amount of overlap just because of how uh, how large Zynga's DAO is. I mean, I think it was like 40 million. Yeah, so that's a that's a lot, yeah. right? Yeah, so I there's mean, a decent amount of overlap. Of like advertisements for Solitaire in Red Dead GTA Online in order to retain them between releases. No, no, no. No, it would go the other way. It would go the other way. But 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 that's the point. Like if you know who this person is, you know they're playing yeah. Zynga games and you know they're playing Red Dead Redemption or whatever. You you can keep them. You can do whatever yeah. you need to do to keep them within the ecosystem and and always have a a, a touch point with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I again I would say that the the, the audiences are pretty far apart. Uh, relative from a Zynga perspective, particularly given Zynga's has no like core content really to speak of, right? Um, besides empires, I guess. But and yeah, I guess some of dragons. Those, those anyway, whatever. Empires that that group is obviously core. But my point. Oh, the one other thing I want to say is that Rockstar. There's no fucking way that Rockstar is giving up their IP to a Zynga team. Like, no way. No, That's it's, not, it's happening. not gonna happen. You're not, they're not gonna just let them develop a mobile version of, of, of Rockstar's no. games, right? They're just, they're just not, dude. That shit's still going on with NBA and still going on with like Madden and FIFA. Like, they're like, they don't give up much. They don't give it up much. Dude, EA has been trying to wrangle FIFA away from the fucking Vancouver team so they can build a proper mobile game for the last decade, right? And so like a new acquisition of Zynga is not gonna gonna like accelerate that for, for fucking Take Two and, and Rockstar. Um, now, the main point I wanna make finally on this is that what's why it makes sense for Take Two, even though the valuation is ridiculous, is that it is a recurring revenue stream that, and you said it sort of, is that the problem with Take Two is they're always so lumpy in terms of revenue when their big games come out, right? And so having additional software as a service as a baseline revenue, you know, this three billion dollars, right, is really good for them to maintain sustainability and predictability, which Wall Street people like. And what this could do is bring in some of the bigger investors that have been shied away from Take Two, not because of the lumpiness and because of their size. Mm. So like the big guys like Fidelity, T Row, and 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 Cap Group and stuff don't look at these this name as much because of, of the of the nature of it. But now that they have a like a much more solid so business and sustainable and, and predictable business, they may get better investors going forward. So that may actually make sense for them over the long term. And ironically, regardless of what the price was for this deal, I'm still bullish on Take Two. <laughs> I still think Take Two is a good good company to own for the cycle, right? Because I think Rockstar is going to come out with their game. NBA 2K is still killing it. We got Bioshock coming. I, I do like Take Two, generally speaking. When's GTA and, 6, man? When is it coming <laughs> out? <laughs> well, I don't think GTA 6 is coming out. I think they're coming out with something else before GTA 6. But I think it's relatively imminent. And uh, the other piece of news that they sent out to the investors was that they still plan on having 15% CAGR, CAGR, 
CAGR, CAGR, CAGR, which basically means... Cumulative annual growth rate. Growth rate, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that they're going to grow 15% over the next two or three years, which implies that in the out year, which would be fiscal 24 or calendar 23, maybe it's calendar 24, that they're going to have a big game, right? Um, and most likely that's a rock star game. So, uh, so... Can't wait for so, Midnight 3? When is it now? <laughs> midnight Club... <laughs> Yeah, three. Midnight Club, three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There Can't have wait. been some... Yeah, eh, never mind. I'm not going to talk about that. But I, nonetheless, I am. I, I still like Take-Two, even with this acquisition, but giving up 40% of the company is insane. Absolutely insane. Right? And, and how much of this is debt versus and that's, actual cash? No, it's all equity. Equity, oh, three quarters equity. equity and one half quarter cash. And so no, no, the no, reaction were, were, by... Yeah, but that, some of that cash was raised through debt, right? Oh, was it? I'm pretty sure. Um oh. I mean, so, so the other thing that's like the, the inside baseball stuff is that this is very, very, very weird for Strauss to do, right? Because Strauss is very, very conservative in terms of his approach to M&A and, and even stock buybacks and all this other stuff. And so like spending this kind of money for an asset that's of questionable value is, is, is really rare for him. So he must be seeing something. And then also this 14 or 15%, 14% CAGR that he put out there basically was in, in conjunction with this acquisition, but it's most, but he was unclear as to whether or not how much is coming from his expectations from Zynga as opposed to his expectations for his pipeline of products, which includes the Rockstar games. So it's all, the communications actually getting is pretty good. So what I think happens is that this deal gets done. I don't think there's any other bidders that are willing to spend this insane amount of money, frankly. There's no way Activision comes no. To pay 12, no $12 billion dollars for this. No way. And uh, EA is out because they have their bets already placed. So yeah, I don't really see who no, else would there's, be. It. There's no way a Chinese acquisition would get approved. Yeah, the, the Chinese acquisition, yeah, they cannot acquire publicly traded companies at all. Like, yeah. it's too hard. Um, so this deal gets done, and I'm a buyer of uh, Take Two. So I'm reading from the press release. As part of the transaction, Take Two has received committed financing of $2.7 billion from JP Morgan and intends to fund the cash component of the transaction through a combination of cash from its balance sheet as well as proceeds of new debt issuance. So they, okay. are, they are taking cool. on some debt. But I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I have a couple, just a couple points because I think we talked about most everything I wanted to say. So one thing is, one thing to keep in mind is like, just, just, just in terms of how amazing of an outcome this is for Zynga, this is like a total best mm-hmm. case scenario. Given, given the headwinds, given the environment, the company yeah. IPO'd at 10, it jumped immediately after listing, but it IPO'd at 10. It's been trading between five and seven for the last few months. I didn't see that. Nothing moved that. Not this... And they were just punting stuff. The, not the crypto punt, not the Switch punt, not the Star Wars punt. Like, the stuff was just not moving the needle. They, they didn't have a strategy to sell. And it just wasn't working, right? And I think one, one, one thing that supports is Cress's notion that the aggregator model is just broken now. It just doesn't work. Like, I think that, that model is, is, has, is, is, is failed. It did work, but it doesn't work anymore, right? It doesn't work in the wake of ATT. And there's, a, there's more privacy stuff coming. ATT was just, ATT was like the sort of big headline one. But there's this, you know, this is going to be death by a thousand paper cuts. And I think, you know, if you're going to be in this business, you want to be in it as a content fortress and not as a standalone, uh, independent um, mobile gaming company, even if you're operating a portfolio. Now, I, I do, I do believe that consolidation will continue to be a major theme in 2022. It's still Ragnarok, right? If you don't remember my Ragnarok article from 2020, <laughs> this is Ragnarok, the, the the ATT inspired, <laughs> ATT catalyzed M&A spree. Um, so my, my question when I read this was, you know, can there, can, 
can there be real operating synergies created? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like Take Two wants access to the mobile gaming market, and that's why they did this. I don't, I don't think there's IP crossover. If there, if you wanted to deploy your IPs on mobile, why would you buy Zynga for that? Why not just buy Studios? Um, you know, I, I think that they see that there's probably maybe some synergies to be had by rolling up their existing sort of disparate mobile properties into the Zynga org. Maybe that unlocks something. Um, but my sense is like the bigger the bigger upside here, the bigger opportunity is the cross device identity system. Which again, I've I've heard that Take Two operates very similarly to to what Zynga did, which is like thin central org studios have a lot of power. And if that's the case, building that kind of an identity system is going to be very difficult. So I don't even know if that's that's feasible to unlock the value that way. Yeah, and and they they're talking about a hundred million synergies, and I hate to talk about this, but like a hundred million dollars is. Uh, actually, not too much, really, honestly, but it likely will come from a lot of exec, you know, overlap and, and that sort of thing. So, 100 million over what? Like 100 million a year in synergies? I, I think it's 100 million, you know, for, for a full year type thing, right? So, but there, there are no synergies, really, because Take Two's, um, you know, mobile org is like, is tiny. Right. I mean, it's like it's not they don't have as much infrastructure there at all, with the exception of Social Point and Nordius. And their their internal teams are really, really small and, and, and less sophisticated, I think, than most. So. Um, so anyway, they'll get all absorbed by uh, by Zynga, most likely. All right. I don't know. I think that's all I got on this. I am. Uh, I'm not surprised by the outcome. I'm just surprised by the price. <laughs> right. Like. Like if, if it was like eight bucks a share or I don't know. I don't know. 10. I just don't think there's room for conservative pricing yeah. right now. And I'm sure part of this was also them just saying, nope, EA is not getting into this deal. This is too high of a price. I don't think EA was ever going to. I don't. I don't think they're they're kicking no. tires on it. Glue is their big their big mobile bet. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. Activision probably. Now Activision. Can't. Activision. There's no. There's no way. No, that's not true. They could, but the, the Bobby would never pay this kind of premium. Like for, for Bobby this, has right? other worries. You think they could buy that right for? They could take a big bold bet like that right now, as as hectic as things are over there, and as as fraud as things are. They could take a big bold bet like this. I don't know. It's a look over here type thing they could do, right? Hey, look what we did to that strategic acquisition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, Thirteen billion dollar acquisition to <laughs> get us off but the trail. Listen, if, if you're Bobby, <laughs> I do it. You're probably right. You're probably right. Bobby, Bobby is is just trying to like brush off these like accusations. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not going to be doing big acquisitions. But uh, um, like, look, Bernard know. Kim. Why didn't you talk to them? <laughs> I don't know. What's funny is that both Bernard and Frank evidently are sticking, staying on board for the next two years contractually, Good. right? It seems Good. that um, makes sense. You, you'd want them. So to stay, we'll see I how long it lasts. I really do see one of. The, yeah. No, totally. Like, yeah, and 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 what they've achieved at that company is just it's phenomenal. Miraculous. I mean, I they, have they, to say honestly, this again. like, I mean, it's I wrote phenomenal, piece, dude. I wrote a piece about this in 2020 about how they engineered this turnaround, and it really was like, it was just a work of art almost yeah, to I, watch that unfold. No, and, and and just to make just to, I don't know why I'm blowing smoke up Frank's butt, but like <laughs> the fact is that like the the the, the I, I again I throw shade at a lot of people about strategy and stuff, but the fact is that orchestrating this type of turnaround in which you are convincing people to do your shit, do work, convincing 
people that don't want to get sold to get sold, like Peak, for instance, right? Like these type of like maneuvers are absolutely mind-blowing to me that they, they have executed so well. Whether it's Chris Petrovic, Bernard Kim, I don't know about Bromberg as much, but definitely Bernard and Chris who are like orchestrating all this stuff and doing all these dinners and reach-arounds and whatever else they're doing over there. Like I, it's, it's miraculous at the accomplishments that these guys have done. And, and so like more power to them, dude. $2.50 a share to $10 a share, $7 billion of valuation. Mm -hmm gajillion of people got rich, right? Thousands of people got rich across all these studios they acquired. Um, hats off uh, to the accomplishment and hopefully they can figure out how to grow within um, take two. But if I were to make, an, if I were to make a guess, uh, we'll see if we actually look at all the portfolio of Zynga over the next two years, we'll, it'll basically be mm -hmm. flatlined, right? There's no way, I don't see how they can grow, right? So it'll be flatlined or down like five, three to 5% a year which is fine, right? It's fine. It still works. It still works. But I don't, I don't see that they're going to be the growth engine of Take-Two. On that note, that's my, that's my I have idea. to say that yeah. this was the most positive Twig episode in, in my memory. <laughs> so, so, Eric, your, uh, your New Year's resolution is paying off. <laughs> so, that's not my New Year's resolution. Well, you said you're going to be much more positive. I never yes, said that. I was joking. I'm not. Yes, you did. I'm not saying it'd be more okay, positive. You were joking. We, we actually have a recording you <laughs> saying that. So, <laughs> people, like thousands of people have heard it. So, so you're sticking to it. And a uh, lot of positive shout outs to executives. So, uh, folks, keep the good feedback coming and we'll play nicely. This is how it apparently works. <laughs> and um, yeah. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. On this note, the only feedback, by the way, I want to hear is what is a good hair transplant? A place in Istanbul. <laughs> like all my Turkish friends, everybody who's listening from Turkey, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, your boy's looking to get get a little bit of a, get enhanced. Give it up the top. A little bit of reforestation. You're looking for a, a, a Telfer, Maine. Exactly, exactly. It, <laughs> we need to start posting YouTubes because Telfer is outshining everybody. Like he has hair everywhere, and. Um, I, I kind of yeah. I'm kind of like kind of jelly so so I, I can't leave Istanbul without a, a set of new hair. What are you talking about? <laughs> Telfer has like the biggest forehead in the whole group, man. Yeah, but look at, look, than at mine, that, look at that. That, that like, hair is going so. Like a, it's it's beautiful, like brown. <laughs> and and he has a baby on the way, right? <laughs> so body. that hairline's going to yeah. recede even further. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, I hear Istanbul is the place. I've seen that Istanbul is the place, and um, you know. I'm, I might dabble in some uh, cosmetic surgery. Why not? <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> On that note. It's adding, it's adding spice to shit, dude. Don't do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we're back on it. Everybody, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>